Hey, I found out two of the four Mexican guys that are working for me right now are illegal. Yeah, you knew that. That's a high I, probability anyways. Yeah, I was hoping that they were all legal, but... <laughs> Welcome to your football fantasy. Mine? Yeah. Oh, hey folks, how are we doing today? That's... <laughs> it's a great day to talk about fantasy football. Dewey's Nuts is excited to be here. He looks real good. He's got his dog licking his crotch. Mm. And everything else is <laughs> just fantastic. How, how do you unwind after a long day if not for the dog? I grab a beer and, and look at fantasy news. That's what everyone wants to do. Yeah. That's what I did today when I got home. Hey, uh, yeah, welcome back. Your football fantasy, you're here again. Wiz, it's good to have you back, sir. It was so lonely down in this basement without you last week. I'm kind of disappointed that Bullfrog's not here. I, told, I, I, I I showed up today expecting Bullfrog to be here. Next week. Next week, Bullfrog will be here. You've been saying that for a few weeks. Next week, we will start our rankings episode. I think we're going to start off with running backs next week. So I think we're doing three weeks of rankings. It's going to be a lot of fun with Bullfrog here. It should be good. We're excited to have Bullfrog. Uh, I'm excited to have Bullfrog for sure. Yeah, let's do a uh, let's do a show. What are we going to talk about? Fantasy football. All right. News comes first. This week in football. There's actually a lot of news. A lot of shit happened since the last time. We came to you here. Uh, Let's start at the top. Julian Edelman facing a four-game suspension for drugs. Performance enhancers. It's currently under appeal. He's he's, he's appealed. So that whole appeal process is going on. But uh, who else just got suspended for four games for... Uh, your boy Ingram. Ingram, it got yeah, it, and that, it and was that, immediate. That appeal was didn't last very long at yeah. all. So we'll see what happens about that. But what's your reaction here, Edelman? We just just talked about Edelman a I, couple of weeks I, I, ago I about this, being a good value. Yeah, I think this is pretty serious for for the Patriots and for Edelman in general. Um, Avi, Amendola is gone. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks is gone. Yeah, Gronk is there right now until he gets hurt. Until he gets hurt. Does this help your boy Jordan Matthews stock? Should people be looking to, for him to pick up this pace, at least for that first four games? I think it helps any receiver, any of those receivers that aren't named Edelman and Gronk, to be honest with you. We we don't know which, which receiver it will be. There's a good chance it could be Matthews, right? It could be. It could be. We don't know. But they I got to put somebody in the slot, and that's the guy who's going to get the, the bump. Who is probably going to help us? Who we're going to talk about later the, later in this episode is, is these running backs because you know they have eight of them. You got to figure out which one it's going to be a value, but the, the, one of them is going to get a lot of is going to get additional touches because of this. Yeah, the one thing I would say for these other receivers is if we once we figure out who's going to end up in that slot for that first four games, it might be worthwhile. I think it'd be worthwhile to go ahead and take that guy, expect a hot start, and trade him after a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. You would do that with Sony Michelle? No, I would do that with whichever receiver on the Patriots is going to line up in the slot. Because if what, whatever running back goes to slot, that I, I just don't see that happening. If it does, we'll talk. But if they're going to put somebody in that slot, I say draft that guy, let him let him play, expecting that he's going to get a bunch of those slot targets for a few weeks, go off for the first few weeks, and then trade him before you don't know. Though, the Patriots could be zero and three again. 
Could be. They could be terrible, and then, you know, they'll figure it out after that those that first four weeks. I'm going to keep my eye on that slot position to see if we can do something like that. Swing a, swing a cheap trade. Uh, let's look to Cleveland. Who gives a fuck? This is important. No, you, it's you, not. You're, you're writing it off because it's Cleveland, but here's here's what happened. I'm writing it off because a player it is. Here's what happened, audience. Duke Johnson, running back the Cleveland Browns. He was uh, he was just given a three year contract extension worth fifteen point six million dollars, five million dollars signing bonus. Now this makes him the highest paid running back on the roster. Remember, they just signed Carlos Hyde this offseason. Duke Johnson's making half a million dollars more a year than Hyde is. I I know your point uh, to Nick Chubb is that he's a rookie, so he's on a rookie contract. That's the only reason Duke Johnson is the highest paid guy on this team. But $15.5 million over three years is not chump change at the running back position for a guy that a lot of people, you included, had totally written off. Duke Johnson this fantasy season. Does this change your opinion at all? A very little. Uh, Nick Chubb is still going to be the number one running back here. Duke Johnson's going to be used. We know that. Most football teams now use two running backs. There's a good chance Duke Johnson's going to be the continuous third down run, running back. I, I just think- don't expect a lot of things out of Duke Johnson. They brought Nick Chubb in there and Carlos Hyde. He's going to steal their, his touches. My concern, my concern earlier in the year when when Hyde first came over is that you know Hyde Hyde was has been used out of the backfield too. Yes, and and you know he's no Duke Johnson, but he was serviceable coming out of the backfield catching balls. So I was more concerned that Hyde was going to take work away from Duke Johnson in that third down role, even after Chubb took over. This signing tells me that the team believes in Duke Johnson, and the team it, the team is going to find a way to use Duke Johnson because you don't pay a guy $5 million a year at the running back position and leave him on the bench. Look, I, the Cleveland Browns have restructured their team dramatically since the start of the draft when they took Baker Mayfield. Oh, since long before that, since they started signing Jarvis Landry. Okay, Jarvis Landry. At, throw him in there. They have totally restructured their team. I do not expect Duke Johnson... When they had garbage quarterbacks, they were just dumping the ball off to him. They have a new team. They have got three running backs. They had three receivers and a new quarterback. You, you you say garbage quarterbacks that dump the ball off, but Tyrod Taylor dumps the ball off more than most quarterbacks in the league. That's his thing. Tyrod Taylor is an average quarterback. He's the starting quarterback in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield is the quarterback there. He will be. With Gordon running down the field and Corey Coleman... And Landry, you don't you don't dump the ball off all the time. It's not going to happen. Uh, so, so folks, right now I'm in the midst of my projections for all the players in the league, so that I'm prepared for our rankings next year or next week. We'll talk about we'll talk about that next week. But uh, I will say that to me, this signing is going to make a make some change in how I project out this backfield. I'm going to end up giving Duke Johnson more more looks more targets at least out of the backfield than I expected him to have because of this. All right, uh, Kareem Hunt is in the news again. So a couple of weeks ago I told you guys about this this uh, domestic violence accusations brought against Kareem Hunt that were that was sort of quietly being investigated by the league. It was no big deal to me, though. It was one of these things that it just kind of comes up because it's the world we live in today. But if you add on top of that this new news... Kareem Hunt was at some resort in Ohio, and he punched the dude in the face. I, the story says that there were no major injuries, 
But if an NFL player punches somebody in the face, it, you know, you're going to feel that. Joe Mixon style? Nobody got arrested. Oh, I don't know that it was quite as hard as Joe Mixon hit that pitch. But, yeah, he. so now we've got this this domestic abuse accusation. On top of that, we got him punching his dude in the face. I don't know why. I don't know what the deal was, but are you at all worried about some potential disciplinary action coming in the future? I definitely would. Here's my statement. I don't understand why NFL players are so dumb that they're always getting in these, these assault cases. Yeah. I mean, you're... How hard is it not to punch somebody in the face? How hard is it not? Exactly. Well, like, like you, you don't I'll tell you, you how many times a day I don't punch somebody I don't somebody punch him in the face. face. Not only that, but, like, don't you... When he's out, aren't you with your friend or doing something? Like, hey, your job is to make sure I don't do anything dumb. Yeah, that's your only job. That's your I only job. Jo- I am paying you... I'll to pay be you $200,000 a year to yes. make sure I don't fucking do something Kareem Hunt, your job is, is to play long enough that you... Get another contract that's going to be multi-million dollars. That's all you want, buddy. That's all you want. Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned that there might be might be a, a, some some kind of disciplinary action coming down. And I say that as somebody who I love Kareem Hunt. I've got him ranked higher than most guys going in. My projections have him going better than m- most say he might do. I, I am a Kareem Hunt truther, but this worries me. And uh, I... You know, I'm not going to put it into my projections, but when I'm actually ranking out guys and we're talking next week, I'm going to be less vehement in my defense of Kareem Hunt at the top of the list. He is going to drop down because of this. He's not going to drop down, but I'm not going to I'm not going to plant my flag quite as deep in the Kareem Hunt hill as I would have previously. Yeah, you wouldn't lay as much pipe in him. Right. Okay. Right. Fair enough. I'll go half shaft now. I'm going half shaft. I, I was full on balls deep in Kareem Hunt leading up to this, but I'm just concerned that we end up missing a game or two, maybe even more, with some kind of disciplinary action from the league. All right, here's a bunch of stuff, stupid stuff, that's barely news, but uh, let's see. Carson Wentz was cleared for seven-on-seven drills, which is really good news, and I saw some video of him moving around pretty good, and he looked he looked fine, uh, so that's, that's positive, but we never were really concerned about him not recovering. The concern for him is when he gets back onto the field in game situations, is he tentative at all? Does he pull an RG3 and get scared to move? No, I don't think he's going to be scared to move. He's not going to be. He's different quarterback than RG3. He can actually sit back in the, in the pocket and throw the yeah. ball. If I'm Doug Peterson, I tell him to do that. I mean, you they, they still won the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, so they didn't, they didn't, they didn't cost him anything, but you want Carson Wentz on the field, simply. He's a better quarterback. Absolutely. So take it easy. Kyle Rudolph was clear for drills recently. I don't even remember what was wrong with him. I didn't know he was hurt. But I put it on here because you love him. I do like Kyle Rudolph. But you, didn't know, you didn't know he was hurt either. Because it didn't matter. Dalvin Cook was cleared for drills. He that's had a some, big injury last yeah, year. That's, that's interesting. That's big news. He's going to get the entirety of the offseason here, uh, work with the team. I, I like I like Dalvin Cook better than you like Dalvin Cook coming into the year as well. Give yeah, me Yeah, I, I tend to... Th- I probably am underselling him a little bit here. He plays for a really good defense. He's going to get used. Sam Bradford, full participant in mini camp. Does he make it out of mini camp? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I, you know, I, I I projected him to play eight games when I was doing my projections this year. So half the season, the other eight went to Josh Rosen. Will that happen? I think it was a. a 
hopeful projection. I don't know if it'll make for it eight that games. Long. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't there's think no way. Make it long. But that's what I gave them. Oh, uh, let's see. We're Bears fans. Yeah, the Bears did something that is very out of character for them recently. I think we need to talk about this a little bit. We can talk about it here. Here's one thing I don't like about the Bears organization. Okay. They, to me, have shown a lack of loyalty to their players yeah, in the true. past. They just let guys go. Think about Erlacher that last year. He said, I will take the league minimum so that I can retire a Bear. And they said, nah, go ahead, get out of here. Peanut Tillman, they did the same thing to him the year before, and he actually went and continued to play. Well, he continued to play. But this is what I would say about – I'm impressed by this because, like you just said, they, they've shown a really bad job with loyalty, and I think this is where you're going. They, I think it was two years ago they voted against um, – I think it was the insurance policy for for, for their players, yeah. which makes absolutely no sense. This tells me that they're trying to maybe make it – You're saying the, some, McCa- the McCaskey the McCaskies brothers are looking around? Some, some reflection in the mirror and saying we're trying to look better to, to, to other players. So let's tell, let's tell the people what they did. Uh, you may or may not remember – but was it last year? Two years ago. No, it was last year. Zach Miller caught a touchdown pass. Great touchdown catch. And he caught it. He definitely caught it. But not not according to the NFL And rules. his knee went, he got hit in the knee, his knee hyperextended. Did it, right? Yeah, it was like, what's worse than hyperextension? It just bent it did, in. To out. me, it didn't look nearly as bad as it, it ended horrific. up being. It looked he, horrific. He almost lost the leg. They yeah, life-lighted him to like, the hospital. He almost lost his fucking leg. Because his arteries all exploded. Everything exploded. He's trying hard to get back on the field, but here's what the Bears did. They went ahead and signed him to a new contract this year. I think it's a $485,000, so likely the minimum at the position Fuck, contract. I could get a $485,000 contract for... And he's going to spend all year in, in therapy trying to get back on his feet. He's barely walking. According to Zach Miller on the radio, he's checking the boxes to get back on the field. And yeah. his wife's not happy about it. Uh, you know what? If he can get back on the field, great. But it's certainly not going to be next year. But the nope. Bears agreed to pay him Which is money good. and give him a signed contract. Immediately put him on the pup. But this is the Bears saying, hey, let's be human beings about this whole thing. Which is nice to see because I've never seen it before. It's not only human beings. that They make Billy, They make, you know, the revenue. Is, they, is do, a, they do well. Very well. They can afford $485,000. Yes. Drop in the bucket. Now, like Zach Miller you... did become an instant hero in the city of Chicago and across the NFL after this after this injury happened. Um, so so maybe they were, felt pressured <laughs> for this guy, but we'll see. Speaking of heroes and sad bits, Dwight Clark died. How do you feel about Dwight Clark, the, the catch? Uh, there's two things, yeah. I think Dwight Clark was a really good tight end. It was a great catch. He had a terrible, terrible uh, disease called ALS, which is horrific. Did Dwight Clark have ALS? Yeah. That'd be why he died. Or he died at age sixty-one. So horrific disease. Yeah. Dwight Clark was a great player, great tight end. Yeah, here's how I here's how I react whenever anybody dies, anybody in the world. Period. I, I ask myself this question: Does it matter to you? I say, in what way will this person not being on this earth affect my daily life? And if the answer is in no way at all, then I just don't give a shit. Well, yeah, you're a self-centered prick. We know that. Dwight Clark being dead, all right. Yeah, you're a self-centered prick. Has zero effect on my my life, my day-to-day life. I hope, I hope you never have to have anyone that or know anyone that suffers from ALS. A, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, ALS is a terrible, terrible disease. Maybe yeah. it's maybe it's better that he's dead. I'm sure it is. If he had ALS, is that a thing that people can say? Yeah. All right, good. Maybe good for him. 
You want to talk about the Belmont Stakes? That's tomorrow, baby. Belmont Stakes. Belmont Stakes. The Belmont Stakes. Triple Crown. You think you think it's gonna happen? I'm hoping it's gonna happen. Good God, why not? Keep it going. Keep a good thing going. Get the sport rejuvenated. I like sports. This Justify. Is, it's a sport. Justifies four to five right now. Odds to win the thing. Yep. It's gonna be a tough matchup for him. Any other horses? Ra- uh, I have no fucking clue. Dude, but I'm excited to watch stuff. it. You're the guy. You're the horse race guy. Mm-hmm. Sir Barton, Gallant Fox, it, Secretary. If Justify wins the Triple Crown, how will you celebrate? I will drink. I'm going to take two shots tomorrow if he wins. Is that, that the best you got? That's the best I got right now. Maybe I can do it half the time. Will you please dress as Justify for Halloween? Yeah, you could you could go trick or treating with your child, yeah, in a that. horse costume. Yeah, I'll just put three crowns on. It. There you great go. Great idea. Perfect. That's a that sounds like a great celebration. All right, that's it for news. We got any other news? No more news. I don't think we missed anything. That was a lot of news. We do have a very brief dumb shit to talk about today. It's, it's a different one than usual, but here you go. Now for more dumb shit I heard this week. Where was where's my China drop? You what? My China drop. You want me to drop China? I got it. <laughs> you gotta add these in there. Just randomly. Yeah, but even if I add them in there, I gotta do it. Then there's something wrong with you. You're certainly not very good. There you go. <laughs> Alright, give me some dumb shit. I was on Twitter the other day. I'm on Twitter every day. You can follow me at at Dweez Nuts, all Z's, no S's, by the way, on Twitter. Up to 218 or so, 220 followers. Anyone, any, help? any more reviews? Not a review to speak no of. No other reviews. Just the one. Damn Just it. Mr. Walters. I, okay, this is what I will tell you. I got no more emails, but. Just the one. I did have a discussion with someone in Kalamazoo about our podcast. Oh, somebody that knew our podcast? Yeah, I'll, I'll fill you in a little bit. I can't wait to hear about that. All right. Okay, uh, so I was on Twitter, and there was a thread, as there are often times on, on Twitter threads, and somebody just simply said, A.B., Hopkins, Keenan Allen, and Julio Jones are obvious options at the top receiver, but who else you got? 20 out of the 60 guys that responded to this, 20 out of the 60 guys that responded to this said that the next best receiver in this league was going to be Josh Gordon. At number five, that's above... That's above Odell Beckham, A.J. Green, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, and every other receiver in the league. Hang on. Say that again. Josh Gordon. Would be what? Fifth. Of what? Best. Receivers? Fantasy receiver. No, he's not ahead of OBJ. Who's number one receiver? Well, apparently it's behind A.B., Hopkins, Keenan Allen, and Julio Jones. I just think... So when I first envisioned dumb shit, this is the type of dumb shit I thought we'd be talking about. Dumb fucking fantasy players. 20 out of 60 guys. That's 33% of the people that responded to this guy. Everybody's going ape shit about Josh Gordon right now. I know that a picture was recently released of him and his arms are the size of, like, my dog, but... Come on, guys. Josh fucking Gordon. Well, I, this is what I, I think this that gives hope to every fantasy listener right now that they should be able they should be able to have a good percentage chance of winning their league. Lord, please let somebody draft Josh Gordon ahead of Odell Beckham fucking Jr. in any one of my fantasy football leagues. Yeah, 
I would agree with you on that. That's just fucking idiotic. Very dumb. Now, I think you wanted to jump into stat of the week before we talked about our topic this week. Is that right? Yeah, that is correct. All right. Big Wiz and his stat of the week. My stat of the week is a is an interesting question for you that relates to to players on championship rosters, okay? Oh, okay. So, by percentage, this player was on the most fantasy football rosters entering the 2017 championship, entering into the fantasy football championship week. This player was on most rosters. This player? This player. And it's just any player? Shoot. I feel like I have a pretty good guess. Fine. Throw it out there. Just because I know you, I think it was probably Derrick Henry. <laughs> sometimes, did you vote in that Josh Gordon? No. You didn't at all? Because no. sometimes I think that you, you did. For I just thought you'd throw it in there because Derrick Henry, give me a position. Running back. This running back was on most, it's got to be Ty Gurley. He was number two at 39%. Was and, and entering the week. I think actually after after this week, who actually ended up as the player who who was on the most championship rosters, it ended up being Gurley because he is phenomenal 50 points that week. But prior to that week, entering that week, this player was actually nine points higher than him. Wow. I I don't I don't have any idea. All right, I'll give them to you for free because you're garbage. Elvin Kamara. Oh, well, yeah. That's okay, 40, 48% versus Gurley at 39%. The reason I'm giving this stat to you... Can okay? I tell you a fun story first about Alvin Kamara? No. I drafted Alvin Kamara in my in my home league last year. And you cut him by what? I drafted him in the last round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, and then before the first week came, I dropped him to pick up a kicker. But then I picked him back up again. And then I dropped him again two weeks later, the week before he started his streak. Yeah. Go ahead. Josh, why, you t- why did you put this in here? Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. You did vote for Josh Gordon. I don't know. Why did you put this the in? The reason I'm putting this in there is because he finishes a top five running back and specific, specifically a top, the number three running back here, okay? And he was bought for just what you highlighted. Nothing. Nothing. His average draft position last year was 59 behind Fat Eddie Lacy, CJ Procise, and your favorite running back, Paul Perkins. Okay? <laughs> he is... Why are we talking about him? I said a couple of weeks ago that you wouldn't bring that name okay, up again. Okay, because the reason I'm bringing this up is because Todd Gurley actually cost something last year. Alvin Kamara cost absolutely nothing. If you want to win your fantasy league, it takes buying players like Alvin Kamara, folks. It automatically puts you at the top of the league because you pay nothing for this character. So let me ask you this, Wiz. How do the people out there... Know which guys to buy cheap. Well, this is this goes into the discussion what I had a few weeks ago about someone we're called Jay from Kalamazoo about why we spent eight terrible weeks talking about players of value on every single team, right? We talked about those players of value because you can get them for absolutely nothing with high ceilings. That's why we spent eight garbage weeks, folks. And I agree, it was terrible. It was terrible for me most time. I don't want to hang out with Dewey's nuts, folks. Wouldn't we say it was terrible? Mm. We thought it was We thought it was good. But the listeners sometimes, I I feel, forget the reason we're talking about. But go back to the stat here. 
Elvin Kamara was on nearly 50% of the fucking rosters, and he was drafted as a number 59 running back. Guys, we could sit we could sit here each week and talk to you about Todd Gurley. Guys like Todd fucking Gurley and Zeke. about yeah, we could. But you don't we you don't need to be told that those guys are good. The reason we bring up guys at the bottom of lists, Wayne Gallman, for example, right? Uh, because these guys might present some value to these guys are the guys you can get late and you know who knows who it is is going to turn into this but year's someone will. That's why we like to look at value. Good point. Good stat. So good stat, right? So the idea here is that you find that guy that's the number 60 running back and you pay for that as your in your 18th, 19th, 20th round or in, in my auctions where you're spending a dollar on the guy, which I realized this week one of my dickhead friends actually paid a dollar for him and kept him on his roster the entire time, now gets to keep him every year. Yeah, He's going to be competitive because of that. So listen for the value and write it down when we tell you somebody's got yeah, Get your pencils out. Don't right. worry about recorders. Now, a little more information, if you will, about some guy in town that knows of our podcast. I'm curious. No, I, I'm not going to give out names. I'm just going to say this person's name was Jay from Kalamazoo. And you were just talking to him and he was like, Yeah. I listened to this fantasy there football some, podcast. There were some discussions about the podcast and we talked about... Oh, you told him about the podcast. We talked about... The value in is it worthwhile talking about these values of guys like fucking Matthews in you know just garbage players you know Rashard Matthews yeah who you can get for a dollar or your 18th round but again if he fucking gets you nine touchdowns what did Jay from Kalamazoo have to say about our value shows I tend to think people don't like you said I think people are pretty short sighted they want to hear about Zeke they want to hear about Gurley they want to hear about fucking uh, Odell Beckham. They want the sexy things. They want the girl in the black thong. Yeah, but we're not going to tell you about We can't that. tell you about the girl in the black thong, folks. We want you to fucking go dig deep for the girl in the cotton panties way in the back. You don't that's to, where the good stuff's at. You don't have to dig deep. Let us and just listen to what we had to tell you. All right. All right. You got your, you got your uh, soapbox put away. Are you ready for this week's topic of the week? It doesn't exist, folks. <laughs> No. <laughs> Wait, it does exist. This week, our topic of the week, as promised last week, is uh, backfield battleground. We're going to take a handful of teams here with some running back stables that are less than clear, and we're sort of going to hash them out, tell you what we think, tell you why we think what we think. Sometimes we'll agree, sometimes we'll disagree, which will be more fun for us. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to try to make heads or tails of some of these backfields. Think the Tennessee Titans conversation that we had a few weeks ago about uh, Dion Lewis taking over the show. Let's start. <laughs> let's start in the NFC North, our own hometown division, and the Green Bay Packers. So right now, Green Bay has three running backs that are all they're all going relatively similar ADPs. You know. They're up and down here and there. Nobody really knows whether Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, or Ty Montgomery is going to end up being the guy in this backfield. They all had opportunities last year. You know, a bunch of them were highly drafted guys on this team. Wiz, what are your thoughts? Who is the guy in this backfield to own? Who should who should fantasy owners be targeting in their drafts, and who should they avoid? Well, we actually agree on this one, correct? I think I believe we agree on this. Yeah, right. I mean, if the person to go get is Aaron Jones, folks. He, yeah. He's currently being drafted as number thirty-four running back. Jamal Williams is somehow listed as as the thirty-sixth running back. 
I don't get it. I don't understand it. To me, comparing the two players, just looking at, at efficiency and actually what they produced last year, and I understand it was both in limited time, Aaron Jones blew him out of the water, folks. Blew Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is actually kind of bad. He only had six carries of 10-plus yards, averaged 3.6 yards a carry, pretty horrific. And yards that he created per carry was .56, not even a fucking real yard, okay? Aaron <laughs> this Jones. is barely half a yard. Yeah. All right. So Aaron when you Jones, say yards created per carry, let's just clarify. That means once a once a defender gets within a yard of you, anything you gain after that is yards created. So that talks a little bit to your ability to be elusive, to break tackles. That sort of thing. He doesn't do it. And uh, Jamal Williams, not so much. Aaron right. Jones, yes. A- a- Aaron Jones, like we just said, yards created per carry is one point four two. So he's falling forward, folks, and he's falling forward more. You know, again, after the, after he's getting tackled, he's still getting that extra one point four two yards. Aaron Jones, folks had the second-best rushing efficiency only behind Kamara in the league last year. That's pretty good. It's pretty impressive. Well, Kamara, we just talked about it on more fantasy yeah, championship we just, rosters. We just talked about it. And honestly, the, the other third running back here that we talking about Montgomery. He's, he's going to play in the slot and catch pass. Yeah, and he's going to be... Remember, a year and a half ago, he was a wide receiver. He was a wide receiver. He, he's still going to play running back occasionally, but he's not the every down running back here. Yeah, Aaron Jones is the guy. The only reason we talk, we, I put the Packers on this list is because when I texted you and asked you which running back you liked in the Packers, you said Williams. Let's move on. I'm not sure I actually said that. You I, can look it up while we were with I the will next. look that up. This is, not a, this is not a discussion to be had. Aaron Jones, if you watched any of the games, he's the better running back. He's the best running back on the team. The stats hold that up. Again, not a lot of time to show you what he can do. But, yeah, he's the guy. And he's going last. <laughs> I definitely did tell you that, but I, I was trying did. to trick you. He's, oh, oh, very tricky. <laughs> yeah, it totally works. He's going last in, in fantasy drafts. So let's move on to a team that we disagree about. All right, give Do it to we me. disagree or are you just fucking with me again? With the, the Broncos? Um, Denver Broncos have some options here. The Denver Broncos are, are uh, a crazy backfield. You know, C.J. Anderson was an awesome running back on the Broncos for a long time, but they never liked him. For whatever fucking reason, they never oh, liked him. that far. They finally let him go. He is now in Carolina. That left Devontae Booker as the only dude in this backfield until the draft came around. They drafted Oregon's Royce Freeman to step in. Uh, Tell me your thoughts on which of these two guys, Royce Freeman or Devontae Booker, is the guy to own, will be the guy in this backfield over the course of the year. I'm not sure I actually like this backfield. I like this backfield a little bit more only because Case Keenum's there and I think their defense will be good again, so that kind of inspires me a little bit here. I personally like Devontae Booker better. He's currently number one running back. They're going to give him the the first shot here to go prove himself. My concerns are, is he... He had the shot a year ago, couldn't do it. He had the shot two years two ago. Two years ago, couldn't do it either. He's kind of an injury concern, so that, 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 that is a concern for me. Your boy, Royce Freeman here. So... Let me tell you, you're you're not wrong. The coaching staffs have come out and said, hey, Devontae Booker's going to be the number one guy. He's going to have the chance. Of course, we hear the co- coaches all over the league say a lot of things a lot yeah. of the time. I pointed this out last week, I think, on the show. Devontae Booker has a 3.6 yard per carry average over the I, course of I would of like to talk career. about that a little bit. The reason I didn't list that is because, I mean, he had fucking Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon fucking as the quarterback. So they've got 13 guys in the box. And his line was garbage. Yes, but C.J. Anderson has never had a year under four on the same team. C.J. Anderson's a better running back. He's a better running back. Uh, 3.6 is not good enough. 
in the he's never had o- over four in either of his two seasons. It's just not good enough in the NFL. He he had he was three point eight last year versus three point four the year before. Whatever. Uh, I don't care how bad your team is, how bad your offense is. If you're gonna over the course of two years put up a three point six yards per carry average, you don't you don't you haven't earned a starting role. I know Royce Freeman hasn't done anything on this team yet. But he was he was the eighth running back taken in, in the draft. He was taken at the very top of the third round, seventh pick. That's draft capital. Okay, you have to take into consideration that the team what and round? the team's third round, third round yeah. seventh pick. The team said, the team's management said, Hey, we like this guy, we want to take him early, we want to take him ahead of a lot of possible dudes that can help us win. He's gonna be used. That we means know we're that. gonna use him. Yep. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let him help us win. E- to me, even if they give Booker the chance in the beginning. He's going to fuck it up, just like he's fucked it up every time he's had the chance before. Royce Freeman's going to step in. And if you watch Royce Freeman tape running, he's a big dude, but he's also a fast dude, and he just fucking plows people over. I like watching him run. I like his running I'm going to contradict myself here a couple times, only compared to this team versus a couple other teams that we're going to talk about a little bit later here. Yeah, okay. Uh, I like Devontae Booker because he's number one running back, and he's going to get the first shot. He's going to carry the ball. Royce Freeman is, too. I don't disagree with you here. I have more faith in, in in Booker producing. I don't have a lot of faith that he's going to have a very high ceiling. I agree with you on that. Some of my concerns with Freeman in particular are is that he had 997 touches in college, folks. That is a lot. That's a touches. fucking ton. Compared to Zeke, who had 592 and Gurley with 510, this guy has a ton of tread and it's... Already. Already. How much mileage can this guy continuously put on? And I think Devontae Booker is a north-south runner. That's what fucking Royce Freeman is exactly. He is going to get pounded on. He he, he runs north-south. This isn't college anymore. He's going to get hit. I, I'm i concerned for Booker. I think Freeman here is, is going to get hurt continuously, to be honest with you. So... If we're looking at ADP right now, Royce Freeman is being taken as a 27th yeah. running back, which has come up a lot here recently. People are coming around on him. Devontae Booker is being taken at the 46th running back. Yep. So as the guy, Devontae Booker, who's going to be the starter coming out of the gates, can you find any value at 46? I know you I know you put him on here, but you just said that Royce is going to take a lot of work from him. Is there value at 46 for a Devontae Booker, at least to begin? Well, yeah, I think there's value at 46, right? You're talking about someone's third and fourth string running back here, and you know he's going to be number one running back. Same question. Is there value for Royce Freeman at 27? Not the same value. It's going to take a few weeks before he gets the workload I expect him to have. You think he's going to you think he's going to in in the first quarter of the season he's going to have that much workload? No, it's that's what I'm saying. It's going to take a few weeks. Well, you said a few weeks, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to value. Yeah, I, I think by I think by around week 4, the team will have figured out that Booker's the guy that he's always been. I I think that the team if they both stay healthy here is going to use both running backs because Honestly, they drafted Chubb. They're good. They should have a good defense again. Yeah, right? they, they should. I see a sixty-five thirty-five split, which is plenty good for a, that's plenty for a fantasy back. It depends where the TDs fall, right? Absolutely. Give them to the bigger guy, Royce Freeman. Here's my play, guys. I don't like Freeman at twenty-seven, but let somebody else take Freeman at twenty-seven. Let three weeks go by where Devontae Booker's getting the bulk of the work. And then make a trade for Royce Freeman when his value has f- fallen. That's Not a bad idea. It's a good strategy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a great strategist. First time this year. Denver. Done. Let's move on to the Philadelphia e- world champion, 
disinvited from the White House. Why aren't we talking about that this week? Come on, why not? Give let's, me a drop. Let's, yeah, I'll give you a drop. Then there's something wrong with you. You're certainly not very good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the world champion. <laughs> Just so you know, he didn't... I don't hold grudges against anybody. It's fine, he doesn't hold grudges. He did grudges. disinvite the NBA championship, too. Yeah. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl last year. To be honest, they didn't really want win the Super Bowl through the running back core so much. Not 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 nearly. But there's been some changes. Okay. Garrett Blunt has left this team. Okay. You know Jay Ajayi came in halfway through the year last year. Yeah. They signed Darren Sproles to come back. Don't give a fuck. Yeah. So, so we're left with we're left with Jay Ajayi. Corey Clement, Darren Sproles, Wendell Smallwood in this backfield. Wendell Smallwood, a, like two years ago, was supposed to be the, the, the... He was supposed to be the next greatest yeah. thing. There was a pretty good even split across the board last year among the guys that they had. So who's it going to be this year? Who's the guy worth owning on this team going into this season? So you're leaving this up to me to start with, huh? I just want you to start. Okay, so my... I'm going with Jay Jai here, folks. Jay Jai counted, you know, like... Dewey's not just said it was extremely evenly split last year. He only accounted for 37% of the actual carries last year. Not very many. During the Super Bowl, they had 27 rushing attempts. Ajayi only counted for a third of those. Blunt counted for fucking 14. Blunt's gone. Ajayi averaged 17.3 touches per game last year and had 30 red zone touches. I think that it's actually very impressive. 20. No, I Just to clarify. He, I think he had 30 there. I triangulated three different stat websites. He had 20. I think I saw 30 there, okay? He had 20, and only eight of them were when he was in Philadelphia. When he was in Philadelphia, folks, he averaged 5.8 yards per carry, which is very impressive. Compared, that is very impressive. Compared to uh, Clementine, he only averaged 4.3 yards Which per is carry. also impressive. I'll tell you who that's more impressive than. Your Devontae Booker. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. We're talking about a better team here. We're talking about some good running backs. Yeah. Ajayi is going to, again, going to have the, he's going to get the first chance here. They're both, I mean, both running backs here. That uh, you say, let's just, well, let's just say for the people, my choice is going to be Corey Clement. Okay, Clementine. so now they, now they know you can talk about, I'll, I'll, we'll, I'll come back to Clementine in a minute here, but let's just have them know. Go ahead. Okay, so Ajayi's 25, Clementine's 24, right? So, so they're basically the same age here. Ajayi's per, a bigger running back, and he's... In a team that's going to run the ball with Carson Wentz no longer being running around or shouldn't be running around any longer, they're going to use this bigger running back. I've got faith that J.J. is going to be the number one running back. And, and you're right, Clementine's going to be used. He's yeah, going to be used as a third down running back. Let me tell let me tell the people why they should ignore J.J. and go get Corey Clement yeah, on their team. I don't. I don't. Even one first, I didn't put any. I didn't put this on the sheet at all. But you do know that J.J. has been bone on bone in his knee since college. Mm-hmm. Bone on bone in your knee, which means you're just a ticking time bomb, and that knee's going to just fall to pieces soon. And once it does, in that situation, there's not a whole lot of great coming back for that. That aside, so me, injury concern to JJ. Absolutely, have injury concerns okay. to JJ. On top of that, here's here. Are the, I know Corey Clement didn't get a ton of opportunity. Come Clementine. Oh yeah, I know Clementine didn't get a ton of opportunity last year, but the opportunity he had, he made the most of. Let me tell you what I mean. He was sixth 
overall in running backs in uh, fantasy but points. That per doesn't touch. when you say fantasy points per touch doesn't mean anything because he had fucking thirty six touches. Yes, I expect his touches to go up, and if he continues to score, and his with fantasy that, points if, per touch will go down. Then, if his efficiency continues where it was, he'll be fine. It's impossible stat, folks. Six overall fantasy points per touch. Here's a here's a really interesting thing. Okay, when you looked at the uh, market share for rushes in the red zone, Corey Clement surprises. Corey Clement, inside the 20, accounted for 17% of the team's carries. That was second behind the 43% that was LeGarrette Blunt. <laughs> inside the 10-yard line, Corey Clement accounted for 18% of the team's rushes. That was also second behind LeGarrette Blunt. And inside the 5 last year, Corey Clement accounted for 22% of the team's touches inside the 5-yard line. You know what percent Jay Ajayi accounted for inside the 5-yard line last year when he was a Philadelphia Eagle? Zero. Okay, but that's the interesting part of this, right? Like, we know LeGarrette Blunt is not there anymore, folks. He's Someone's going to consume his carries. Guess what? I think it's the guy... It's not going to be Clementine. Clementine's a smaller back. They're going to use J.J. to fucking pound the ball. You say that, but last year they did use Clementine. He was number two in all those areas. Because they had their their ground and pound back being LeGarrette Blunt. And now, and they had their little scat back back here. But those weren't those weren't passes; those were rushes. Sure, Doug Peterson's not going to be a, a a coach that just he's he's not fucking Mark Tressman, where it's just you know the play before he calls it, folks. Yeah. Okay, he's a little more creative. Okay, instead of postulating, I just want to point to the fact that they've got to use somebody inside the red yes. zone. We can look to the history and say. The guy that they used second most was See, Clementine. I, I think I'm reading this book on the left side, and you're reading this book on the right. You're naturally assuming because they they didn't use JJ that in Legarrette Blunt's gone that all of a sudden Clementine just gets everything. I'm assuming. Gets, I'm simply saying. I'm it's simply a, stating that with with Blunt gone, JJ is going to get these touches. To me, it's a safer assumption to say that they're going to continue to do what they have done in the past rather than totally flip the script and do something that they didn't do at all in the past. Sure. And, and flipping the script would be giving the ball to Clementine all the time. Except that they did. Let's look at some other stuff, okay? We'll look at the two guys, Clementine versus Jay Ajayi. Uh, stat that I brought up last week, production premium, which pretty much just says... Give me the production premium. How do you perform fantasy-wise when you get the ball? Zero is average. Does this include the Super Bowl? It, yeah, zero. Yeah, I wonder why. Zero is average relative to every other running back in the league. Okay, Clementine positive twenty four point three, Jay Ajayi negative eighteen. What does it look like to get Super Bowl out? It was one game out of seventeen. Yeah, and he he combined for fucking, I want to say it was thirty receptions and like sixty rushing attempts. He's also sixth overall in fantasy points per touch over the course of the season. Because he had no touches. Seven percent touchdown rate. You say he had no touches, but he scored six touchdowns last year he had a very limited amount of touches but scored six touchdowns seven percent touchdown rate is insane jay is two percent by the way uh we've said on this show before as many other shows i've heard say similarly alvin Kamara had an absolutely outrageous touchdown rate last year yeah. which is why he was so good you know what his touchdown rate was what 6.5 percent clementine was at seven clementine combined just to confirm Ten receptions and seventy-four rushes, folks, and six touchdowns. Yes, I agree. 
How many times have you said touchdowns matter a lot? I was so a like, lot. we can't go back on that. Yeah, the Super Bowl was awesome. Four catches, hundred yards, one touchdown. He played out of his mind in this. I agree, but this is this is my viewpoint on this. I, I like Garrett Blunt is gone. I, I think there's a role to be played by Corey Clementine. Okay, he's going to play. He's going to get an increased amount of receptions. We know that. But they're going to use J.J. here, folks. I think I think Clementine has more fantasy points than Ajayi at the Jay, end of the year. Who, who do you think Clementine has more upside? Than Ajayi? Yes. Yeah. We, yes. We, so, have seen so, the abs- we have seen the absolute best we're ever going to see out of Ajayi, and that's when he had two 250-yard rushing yards against Buffalo that year. Yeah. With some of my contradictions I'm going to get in here in a little bit here is with similar to Royce Freeman here. I think Ajayi has a better floor. I think Clementine yes. has a higher ceiling. Agreed with you. And I, Give me and I, ceiling. And I think that's kind of very similar to Freeman here and Booker. Freeman okay. has a much higher ceiling. Booker's got a, a, a higher floor. And I agree with you. Jay Jai probably has a much higher floor here. But where that ceiling is, is, is a different discussion. Yeah, I think I think Clementine's ceiling is way higher than Ajay's. And while I think Ajay's floor is higher, I don't think that's that far off from what Clementine's. Because I think he's going to get a lot of work. That's a good, okay. good point. To me, uh, let me look real quick because I'm curious about this. Draft position for these two guys makes a difference. Clementine's being drafted as a 43rd running back. Okay. Ajay, the 22nd running back. Not even close. For you said 43rd? For me, yeah. That's a huge. So difference. if we're looking at value there, do you think do you think Jay Ajayi is a twenty second best? Would you have Would you like to have him as your second running back? No, no. Would you like to have Clementine as your fourth over Ajayi as your second? That's an interesting about. Uh, you're not. Yeah, you're not getting value for Ajayi at twenty two. No, you're not. But there's there's a potential for an insane amount of value for Clementine. Yeah. Clementine but, could end up being one of these draft him in the later rounds, and he's on everybody's fucking championship team. I agree with you on that. That's okay, good, that's good way to put it. Next team. I think we beat that horse to death a little bit. Okay, so now we're going to flip the script here a little bit. New England Patriots. We are. In New England... So, if you've paid any attention to the NFL over the past, what, 10 years? Yeah. You know that New England Patriot running back situation? is always a fucking backfield battleground. It's ugly as fuck. Always. There's so many goddamn guys, and every week a different one is starting, and every week a different one has the bulk of the carries, and every week a different one is a fucking stud. Yes. Every week. Because your boy, your favorite coach of all time, Bill Belichick. Because he wins, folks! Likes to, likes to use the running back whose traits are best suited to beat the particular defensive players he's playing that week. Because he makes adjustments continuously. Constantly. So, our task here today is to help the people make some sense out of who they should be looking at in their fantasy drafts. Yeah. You go ahead and get us started on this one. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say because I've talked about this in the past already. I think it's Rex Burkhead for me. Okay. Rex Burkhead, who is at this point being drafted, is did I put that in there or you? Mm-mm. As a running back 28? You did. Third running back on your team if you take him. Uh, and... They used him last year. He wasn't there the whole year. He only played 10 games, but he scored eight touchdowns in those 10 games. That is true. They used him in the red zone. They used him as a pass-catching back. They used him in every piece of the field last year, and I think they continue to do that. I, th- I, just, think he's, I just think he's a great running back that they've found, and they're going to keep going. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I'm going to sit back and let you 
let you lecture yeah. us for the so next hour. I'm going to tell you guys choice. why Sony Michelle is the one to actually draft here and the one to pursue. Super hot take, by the way, because everybody in America thinks Sony Michelle is the guy. Sony Michelle currently beating running back 25 versus what uh, Dewey's nuts that is Burkhead at 28. So you're still in your third running back. Oh, are you saying Burkhead was a 30? Is 35? I had 35. I mean, I'll look while you. Okay, talk. you look. But I, again, we talk about there's James White, there's Josh, there's Mike Gillisley, there's a ton of running backs. It's it's oh, a fun situation. Burke has at 37 and Michelle's at 23. Uh, that must have just changed. Go ahead. So in 2017, the Patriots had 448 rushing attempts, which was a lot. And that's between 12 players with five running backs. It's still a fugly situation, folks. They were led by Deion Lewis, who's no longer there, right? He's gone. So someone's got to eat these things up. He's the, he's the starting running back in Tennessee now. So and He's the backup running back because he's garbage. So, Dewey's nuts is right. Burkett had eight TDs last year, right? His efficiency was 5.5 yards a kit, which is pretty fucking good. His, he had very low drop rate, right? Like the fourth overall. That's impressive. He can catch. And he's also only started four games in his five-year career. So, what we just talked about in the last two teams was ceilings and floors. I just don't see Burkhead. He he's not a speed threat. Well, you say he's not a you say he's a low ceiling, but he doesn't. He was on a thirteen touchdown pace. You think a thirteen touchdowns in a year is a low ceiling on pace, buddy? He didn't actually produce it. He had eight in ten games. You Good. think that's low? Good. I'm glad he did. He's only again in five years. He started four games. I don't have a lot of faith that he... I mean, he was hurt most of last year. Continuously hurt. Six games. Okay? The fact of the matter is here, Michelle is is the home run threat. He's he's the speed guy here. He can catch the ball. They drafted him in the first round. They are going to use him. Dewey's nuts brought up about, about Freeman being drafted in the third round. Capital. Right? Right? Do, do we really think... That Bill Belichick's not going to use their, their first round pick here, folks. Oh, there's a ton of draft capital there. Okay, right. he's going to be used, and he is the speed guy here, folks. They got to replace Brandon Cooks with speed. Michelle is this person. The ceiling here is extremely high compared to Burkhead, and that's why I'm going with with Sony Michelle here, folks. I am concerned about if he does fumble. He's got he's got high, he, there's ball security issues, and I know Bill fucking hates it. But again, the he, ceiling, fun, he he does fumble. Yeah, I know, and Bill hates it, right? I get it. Fumbles a lot. But again, if we're talking, the stat here is, is that if you can draft this guy low, and it depends where he actually goes. Sony Michelle here is the home run threat. He's the high ceiling. Burkhead's not. I, st- I still think, I th- I still think he's a high ceiling. That thirteen touchdown pace. There were. I think you're foolish to think that. There were two guys that did better than us. He scored eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns. That is. If you can get, if, if you can get that out of your fourth fourth or third running back, that's pretty good. That's very fucking good. I don't I don't expect that. Like in our dynasty league right now, right? Yeah. We're expecting to have a lot more out of our, our out of our third running back than eight touchdowns. That's because our we have three running backs. I'm once. just saying that's what we did, right? Like I expect a lot out of that. Eight TDs. I don't. If Burkhead gets that again, I'll be impressed personally. I, I think he's good. You're, you're not wrong about Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle's Sony Michelle's uh, a real good player. He's got the opportunity to to go crazy. The opportunity is there for him. And and, and you made a good point about draft cap. The next t- team on the list here is the Detroit Lions. Detroit's backfield has been a shit show for a while for a totally different reason than the Patriots because they can't find a run game. <laughs> 
for their fucking lives. Because it's been horrendous. Amir Abdullah again, four touchdowns, folks. Awful. Amir Abdullah, who is who's coming out of college in the combine, just was amazing, right? Yeah, for what, four years, he's, he's got four touchdowns. Really fucking bad. Uh, this year we drafted Carrion Johnson here in Detroit. You think Carrion Johnson's going to be the guy? Well, you're listing two names here. You listed Carrion Johnson, Theo Riddick. Yeah, so I would like, listeners, I would like to be able to tell you that one of these two guys is going to be the guy, but I cannot because I think this is going to be damn near 50-50 split fantasy point-wise. Well, here's the question to you about this. Is Riddick's position in, in is he going to play, is he going to play a different role with Matt Patricia there? I don't think Theo Riddick's role will change at all from last year. Okay. I think so, it'll be so the then exact why can't Karrion Johnson succeed? He can succeed. Okay. But they're both going to succeed. I mean, Theo Riddick was uh, fifth best in fantasy points per touch last year. Third okay. best in fantasy points per touch the year before that. Theo Riddick did end like uh, running back 26 last year. So he was he ended right at that bubble of running back two, running back three last year. I think he ends up in the same place, to be honest with you. The reason I'm afraid of Karrion Johnson, and I wouldn't draft Karrion Johnson. I absolutely would draft Theo Riddick, didn't we? We did draft Theoretic. You're correct on that. I wouldn't draft Gary on Johnson because the team has shown a lack of ability to run the ball on first and second down. Regardless, of, they've been through five, six running backs in the past handful of years. I don't know if it's a scheme. I don't know what it is. Jim Bob Cooter doesn't run the ball well. He's still the offensive coordinator there. Jim Bob Cooter, like the Cooter, Cooter. Are we gonna have Cooter here? Cooter's coming. Carrion Johnson is being drafted running back 36. Which is pretty fuck. That, that's not bad. That's a very end of the running back threes. Would I take him there? There might be value for both of those guys there, if I'm honest. Well, the, the value with Riddick, where's Riddick being drafted? 48. Well, the, the value's always been there for Riddick. I mean, that's an accurate statement. I mean, he's yes. always he's always kind of produced. The problem is, is the ceiling's always has never been really that high. It's never like, going to be that. Yeah, you're you, never going to get you a better. You talked about like, good t- like <clears throat> points per touch, but the fact of the matter, folks, is he gets a lot of points from receptions. And he, he and might get you touches. three to five touchdowns. Not, not not a whole bunch. Here's a concern that I have for Carryon Johnson. And I think it's a legitimate concern. I think this caps the ceiling for Carryon Johnson. Significantly. Give it to me. LeGarrette Blunt. Now a running back in Detroit. I know he's old. But he was old last year. Okay, we just talked about his 43% team share inside the Red Sure. Bears. So Carrion Johnson's going 36, right? Yeah. If Carrion Johnson falls as your fourth running back and you can get him for, let's say, in that 16th round or, or in my mind, let's say in, the, in, in my auction draft at $2, the Garrett Blunt's going to be there for a few more. How yeah, long, I like, long is the Garrett Blunt going to produce? I like Carrion Johnson a lot more in like a dynasty format or a keeper format because once LeGarrette Blunt leaves, then he's got the role to himself. In a, just a year-long, season-long fantasy, like a meta with estates, I don't know that I'd necessarily want yeah, to draft him. I agree with you. There's, I think he has limited upside this year. Long-term is a much higher ceiling. So if I'm drafting any running back here, it's Theo Riddick, and I'm drafting him as exactly what he's been in the past, and I'll take him at the price he's at right now. Which is what sure. we did, right? We did do it. I, I wouldn't. I would tell you this. If I can get Kerry, Kerry on Johnson as my fourth running back, I would do it. Yeah. I mean, okay. I would. I mean, right. I, I would take him in front of Theo Riddick. That's where he's going, in front of Theo well, Riddick. Well, according to the current draft positions, I could go grab Kerry and Johnson and Theo Riddick, is sure. my point. Would, is that something you'd want to do? No. Two Lions running backs. No, but I, I, you would, again, you're drafting Kerry and Johnson with with a high ceiling. Riddick, you know what you're going to get. 
All right, one team left, and it's, it's very similar. I don't know that we gave you a really good answer there, guys. But neither of these guys, there could be value in both of them. I don't know how high the ceiling is for either of them. We pretty much know where the ceiling is for Riddick because he's hit it and it's running back two. Or the t- tail end of running back two, and that's fine. At running back 48, go ahead. All right, the Indianapolis Colts are the other one here. Again, we have two names. The Colts were a, a weird one because they didn't try to go get anybody in the offseason. I, I think this is a really hard team to evaluate because there's not a lot of stats here. On either of them. Marlon Mack <laughs> being one, rookie last year, who did, just didn't touch the ball a whole lot. And uh, Naheem Hines, rookie this year. This is drafted relatively high coming out of NC State. And not, not only that, but like I think Mack had 93 touches or 93 rushing yards or rushing attempts last year. You're, you're looking at it like in this weird... You know, microscope with a fucking, you know, red cover over it because you don't know if fucking luck's there or not. As with many times we've said, it's hard to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. But our job is to make some sense and tell these people who to pick. Sure. So, go. I'm taking I'm taking Marlon Mack, folks. He's got the speed. He's 5'11". He's 213. He fits that running back mold. He's a, He is a continuous home run threat. The reason I don't like Hines a little bit because he's a fucking track star. He's fucking 5'9". If he's lucky and weighs 197 pounds, he's probably really 5'7 and a half, maybe 5'8. And the guy's a speed demon, and I don't think that fits the running back mold. Eight years ago, the Vikings drafted Troy Williamson, who had, had a, ran a 4'3'40, couldn't catch the ball for his life. I'm concerned that, that that's what Hines is. He's a fucking speed demon who can't actually fucking run the ball. 4'3'8'40. Who? That's Naheem Hines. What did Williamson run at it? I don't know. 4'2". Let me tell you how many bench presses. Who gives a shit? 11. He was in the first percentile, which is the worst percentile. Good, yeah. To be in. Yeah, not it's very my strong. Troy Williamson number. He's a little guy. The thing about this team is they... Marlon Mack is a, is a... He's a bigger dude, but he's not necessarily your prototypical first and second down back either. Naheem Hines he's will not. not ever try to play that role at all on this team. But, but, but that, do, that, that's why I don't understand that a little bit. Okay, so like you, you just made a good, you, good comparison there. I'm not sure Marlon Mack's a one-two in a first. That's what I mean. Right. So why I don't understand why, how does Hines fit into this backfield? I think he fits in here. As, I think Hines fits in here as a uh, gimmick more than anything else. He comes, yeah. He comes in and he simply uh, catches weird passes, runs jet <laughs> sweeps. You know, he's, he comes in and does like the the uh, the weird. I, I think that works. passes. That, that works a little bit with Andrew Luck. That doesn't work if, with Jacoby Brissett back there. In order for Naheem Hines to be worthy of much on this team, the, the team really has to make a very, very, very solid plan for him. Now we have seen guys that are similarly sized and similarly skill setted succeed in the league when teams have made a plan. Tariq Cohen is a good example of that. The Bears have to find specific ways to get him the ball in space, and he's they've been successful with him. We expect, I expect anyway, Tariq Cohen to have a better year next year as the, the new coaching staff comes in and game plans even more specifically for him. So, you know, we have new coaches in Indianapolis. We will see how, we'll see how they figure out how to use somebody like Naheem Hines. You think going into the draft, at least they had some conversations about, hey, we want to be a little tricky. We want to use this guy a little bit differently. If if the team can show us that they've made a game plan how to use this kid, I think his ceiling can be up there. 
Well, I think to your point, you made a good point there. It is Tariq Cohen works very well when the Bears give out the game plan for him. And those those guys, same thing with like Tyreek Hill, you know, not last year because he, he was a legit receiver last year, but, but two years ago, they made all sorts of adjustments just to get him the ball, just like they did with Deshaun Jackson in Philadelphia. Figure out ways to give these these really creative guys give him the ball. Yeah, in space, in so space. they've got some room. I'm just concerned that Colts are actually there yet with to actually make Hines productive. Yeah, we don't know this coaching staff. It's a new coaching staff, so give give them time. So let me give you the uh, let me give you the draft numbers here. Marlon Mack's being taken as running back thirty, around six or so. Running back three on your team if you take him. Naheem Hines is not being drafted at all. I, I don't know if that speaks to the fact that nobody knows what the coaching staff is going to do with this kid. He's a ta- he's a talented guy, and he ran the ball first, second, and third down, and caught passes in NC State. Yeah, NC State's not a ba- it's not a bad school. Yeah, yeah, it's in the ACC, right? National Championship Conference. But he is he's small, and he's a guy that in the NFL can't do it that way. So. It all depends on what the team's going to do with him. I would rather have Marlon Mack on my team yeah. here as well. What is he, 213 pounds? He's, he's, he's a better-sized guy. He plays like a smaller guy. He plays like a quicker guy. He plays like a pass catcher. At least that's how they used him last year. I'd rather have him. Would I want him at running back 30? No. <laughs> I wouldn't want him at running back 30. If I'm looking at the value between the two guys and I'm taking one, I'm taking Naheem Hines because I can get him at the very, in the very last round of the draft. And hope that hope that the team finds a Tariq Cohen way to use them. I don't. I mean, I don't love either of them. I, to be honest with you, I don't really want either of these guys on my team. My my penchant is for small guys. So between the two, whatever Naheem Hines at nothing, I'll I'll take him. But uh... we don't beat Japan with their millions and millions of cars coming into this country. <laughs> so there is that, right? If you if you think about taking. If you're thinking about taking an Indianapolis Colts running back, just understand. We don't have victories. We don't have victories All right. anymore. You want to win fucking... You want, you're here to win, play the championship, folks. You may have noticed that our energy level for these two teams, the Lions and the Colts, dipped after some of the other conversations. It's because we don't love any of the running backs on any of these two teams. Avoid them. Yeah, we got anything else we want to talk to these people about? We want them to write us a review somewhere so that I can read it on the air. Yelp. I heard Yelp is fucking picking up big time. Big time. (laughs) Write us a review. Follow us. Subscribe. Podbean is where we host. Shoot us an email. I I will read your emails out loud. I have no problem doing it. You can email us, yourfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show, folks. Uh, I think we're done here. I had a long day. I was high as fuck all day. Did I tell you? Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Do us a favor by subscribing on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, and share our Facebook page and leave reviews everywhere to let people know just how much you love us. We'll see you back next week to make more of your fantasies come true.